0: You're listening to For Good, Central Indiana Community Foundation's podcast highlighting stories about passion, purpose, and progress in Central Indiana. At CICF, we believe in creating a community where everyone can reach their full potential, no matter their place, race, or identity. This is our community, and these are your stories.
1: Hello, and welcome to For Good. I'm Pamela Ross, Vice President of Opportunity, Equity, and Inclusion at Central Indiana Community Foundation. In 2017, CICF launched a community ambassador program to engage and elevate the voices of residents. We tasked them with listening to people and discussions about assets in their community, where gaps exist, and where funding can make a difference. Their feedback has made a significant and lasting impact at CICF. We have built invaluable relationships as a result. Which is why I'm happy to be joined today with some of our ambassadors for a candid conversation about their neighborhoods and how we've been learning and growing together. We have Diamond Harges, who has been a longtime organizer for the community and for the city of Indianapolis. Diamond was a part of our first cohort of 36 ambassadors in 2017. We asked him to come back, and he took a step further in saying that he wanted to play a role of leadership in this. And I can absolutely say that Diamon has made a big difference in my learning and my journey in being able to lead this for the organization.
2: Pam, you've been very gracious and thank you for that.
1: Next, Annie Smith. Annie, like all the ambassadors at the table, is a longtime resident of Indianapolis. She represents the Far East Side, has been a true asset in the work that she's been
3: doing for the Far East Side. Thank you, Pam, and thank all the team members here, the ambassadors, because I think we, we kind of glean from each other, and we are supportive of one another, and that helps us in the work that we've been charged.
1: Next, we have Wild Style.
3: Wild Style um, represents
1: the Northwest neighborhood, more specifically Riverside. He is a, a profound voice, a very intel- intelligent uh, black man who does not mind speaking the truth, um, but absolutely is uh, very engaged in leadership and bringing things to the forefront.
0: Well, I'd like to uh, say thank you for the introduction. It's great to be here with all of y'all. Um, it's not a, It's not a lot of people that that understand you know what we're all trying to accomplish, so as much time as I can spend with with all of y'all guys, that's helpful.
1: Next, I have Lillian. Bailey. Lillian represents uh Crooked Creek area. Lillian was not a part of our original cohort. We asked Lillian to come on board as an ambassador to help us understand infant mortality, but she also brings great passion and understanding of the achievement gap in that area.
4: Well, thank you for the introduction as well, and I'm just excited to work with everybody and just hit the ground running and it's just a great opportunity to finally have a voice.
1: You've always had one. We're just creating a platform for it to be more more heard. So next I have the pleasure of introducing Beatrice Beverly. Beatrice represents the Martindale-Brightwood area. Uh, Beatrice and her husband um, have been uh, leading in the community for quite some time. They currently have a nonprofit called Stop the Violence.
5: It's just been a pleasure. Um, and I am humbly I'm grateful to have known you guys, you know, as in this season in my life. And I look forward to what's to come, as are we. So finally, last but not
1: least, we have Valerie Davis, who represents the Near East Side. And it's important to us to make sure that we do have people sitting at some of these tables so that a resident voice is heard and that we're supporting it.
6: Thank you, Pam, for those glowing words. I'm so happy to be a part of this program.
1: So it's a pleasure to have all of you. One of the things I wanted to be really careful about as the person trying to develop the relationship with all of you is that CICF was not taking the lead. Can you talk about how we developed this program together? What what you saw happening um, that made us get to this place where we are? Beatrice.
5: Okay. <laughs> I think for me, it started when we, uh, the core, the 36 of us. It was 36 individuals that were tasked to go out across the Indianapolis area to say, gather data without speaking, without trying to give solutions, without um, listening with open ears and empathy, right? So that all that information could come back. And what was so amazing was that all the various areas came back with almost the same stories Mm -hmm. and data points and wait, you did that? Wait, that's going on over there? Wait, we have that connection. Didn't know you were doing over that. And it just opened up this whole uh,
6: world of possibilities. I wanted to say that, piggybacking on Beatrice with the core group of 36, people are people. Community is community. And everybody wants a safe place, a nice neighborhood, but people are overlooked. So to me, that was huge that the answers are the same. People may be different, but answers are the same. Absolutely. I think that's pretty
1: profound to say. Um, And that the fact, I think if I were to take that further, is that we have to recognize that the people in the neighborhood have the answers.
2: I was, I was going to say, to the contrary, I was very uh, skeptical.
1: He was. We had to, I had to ask him more than once to do it.
2: Here's the thing. If there isn't a mechanism or, or, or fabric to allow people to contribute what you say you notice in them, then it's a sin to waste those questions, but. The reason why I stayed involved because I saw the way Pam's commitment.
5: And your transparency and your willingness to say, you know what, guys, I'm with you. We don't know, but I'm going to be there.
2: So there's some integrity. You helped, you really helped us create the fabric. I mean, so I want to speak that first. And then all of y'all have helped me, right, feel like a part of something.
1: But thank you very much. Anytime you all do that, I'm so humbled um, by that. Being someone who uh, has worked in the community all of my life, I thought I had it figured out, how you serve community. (laughs) But I had it figured out through the way of, of how institutions work. And that's not a bad thing. It takes both institution and community organizing and activists to make this whole thing what it is that we all wanted to see. But you definitely did make me have to Sit back and really learn, and just become a part of our culture.
0: Well, I, I know I wasn't um, at the meetings for the original thirty-six, but I can attest that there were. We were all a little skeptical at first, and, and I like Brian, and I, I think he's he's been very, very bold and brave in doing this because um, I'm sure people are going to be, you know, coming after him uh, when things when people that aren't as interested in about equity. Uh, start seeing the direction things are going, and seeing that Brian puts you in that position, and seeing the, the type of person that that you are, let us all know. Okay, well, well Brian's serious, and 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 he does want this to su- uh, succeed and develop for the community. Oftentimes, community is not put in a position where, where where you end up having much trust in the institution. But this is one of the times where we at least know that you know right, wrong, or indifferent. The effort was made to try to do the right thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. You know, I think that's going to be one of the things, styles, we continue to go down this path. We hope that the community remembers. We, we, wanted, we are putting the effort in. The integrity of it is there. The authentic, authenticity of the people who are involved is there. The accountability internally to work authentically and genuinely and do things different. Um,
4: is here and continues uh, to be the path that will go down. I was skeptical as well because, you know, a lot of people have good intentions, but you sit around talking and nothing gets done. I've had the opportunity of working with CICF staff, small box, and when you had a question, when you needed something, they were there. And they backed me up either silently or giving me direction. Even I would reach out to you because I didn't know which way to go. And it made a lot of the things I was working on start to be successful. And people are starting to listen, starting to listen, and people are reaching out to me. It's a great opportunity, and it's great to work with people that are about action and not about talk. And one of the things that we keep...
1: um... That especially I keep driving home with us is that we're an organization that always has a sense of urgency, that we always understand like anything that we're doing to make a difference in this work of equity, inclusion, race, opportunity, what needed to happen yesterday. So urgency is necessary. That's one of the things that we always wanna make clear to the community. If you don't see us acting, it's not necessarily because we don't feel it and understand and know it's urgent, that sometimes it's just simply, this is not the time to act. We haven't gathered enough knowledge. We haven't built enough relationships. We just do not know enough, but every day, as we continue to grow in the work that we do together and continue to bring on more ambassadors, that is, you are a a very key part of us being able to vet, is it time now or should we wait?
5: When I work on something, I always want to know what can I learn, right? What, what what, What can I learn that I can take back? We got to find the assets that's within the communities and utilize them to help their communities grow. And so I have a conversation forthcoming with a young woman who's 101 years old. So I'm going and recording the whole conversation because to your point, those are assets. Let's get that information. And so I look at my community differently.
3: It's important for us and what I've learned through this whole process in those relationships that we continue to build You know, I'm all excited because I'm close to the work and I'm in the neighborhoods and I'm talking to the residents. I'm listening to the residents and I'm excited, but I still get that skepticism all around me.
4: Well, let's see what's going
3: to happen. And is this, you know, but I I keep saying that who else is doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, at least the CICF, I think, is taking a good stand. And people are listening, and they're watching. But the the good thing that's coming from all of this is definitely coming from our neighborhoods. Because we are seeing positive results in, in the action that's taking place, and the action is being executed by our neighbors. They are feeling more empowered, and that's the joy and beauty in this work that we're doing.
2: And actually, I think it, what is a revolutionary act is, is CICF not acting. Because acting is sometimes stopping the act. That's what white power institutions are known for doing is acting. But listening is an honorable act. right? And so I think Annie, Annie talked about presencing. I mean, that's something you can quantify over time. That's what you quantify over generations when our children inherit. So thank you for that, Annie. That was beautiful.
1: And also one of the things that I'm hearing you all say is that we wanted to inspire hope. So at a minimum, if we can give people the feeling of hope, especially within your communities because of you, not just because of CICF, and you start to see that hope feeds other, feeds more hope, then we will start to see some different things happen. It's, you, one of the things you all have taught is that it's not just about the resources, it's definitely not just about money. It is about people being able to believe that things can be different and that they have a role in it. And so that's one of the biggest things that we want to make sure uh, we lift up that is of value to us. Let's talk a little bit about the assets. What do you want people to know about what's happening from an asset base as well as here's a place for you to come and partner with me?
4: In the Cricket Creek area, we have strong assets there that are underused and just, um, I think, being wasted. We have a lot of small businesses, entrepreneurs, and over my time there, I've had the opportunity to speak with business owners that's been there for decades. But I also met young entrepreneurs, like for example, a young lady was selling baked goods at the local barber shop, So I bought it. And I'm glad I did, because the baked goods are amazing. And with that introduction and that relationship, they were able to be one of the small businesses we highlighted at our event. Neighbors were coming out, because before they were just driving by, in some conversations, people still had that mindset, well, is everything free? And they missed the whole message of the why we're there, to celebrate the children, to celebrate the neighborhood, just about being together as a community. It's about getting to know each other and what you can bring to the table.
1: Sure. And I think that, you know, sometimes, um, especially if you're in communities where we're not used to coming together like that, you know, so I think that the more often that is modeled, the more that becomes uh, a part of, who I am in this community and um, then moving to then what what is it that I do bring I think like uh on, again what he's always brought to this is that we have assets people are assets in their community and so if you've not ever if you have been trained to think that you're not an asset
4: exactly. and that you are
1: always there to receive something exactly. then when something happens I'm looking to see what can I get exactly. versus what can I give but the more that that Is a model. So that's great that you, that you brought that to Crooked Creek, Lillian.
5: Beatrice? I think what I think about the Martindale-Brightwood area, but what I see is um, there are three types of assets that I've kind of categorized in my thinking, in my interactions, and in my well-being. There's the first asset I will call the legacy, the historian's. That's an asset in my head because they bring to the table something um, that goes back as far as 1941 when Edna Martin started, going out in the community saying, you know, I'm going to teach kids about Jesus, and then I'm going to teach families and parents about life skills and, and entrepreneurship and businesses, right? But then you have the other asset that I think is important. Um, it's the institutional assets, and I see that being the Edna Martins with all the education zone and all the works that they're doing out there. But also, I see the country kitchen, right? It's a restaurant. I'm going to put it in that label of institutions. You know, when we had our meeting, um, we all came together, and and, uh, Pam said, hey, you ain't got to go to Panera. You ain't got to go to Chipotle. Find some place in your neighborhood. Oh, we get in country kitchen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Kitchen And that's what we did. And so that's the second set of assets I see. And then there's this third set of assets that I think that um, society in a past has tried to throw away. Mm -hmm. And that's that person, that people, that youth, that child, that mother who may not be working right? She may be on public assistance, but you don't know her story. So let's listen to it. For me, when I put all three of them together across Martindale-Brightwood area, look how much better we will be. Not just for us now, but for everybody that follows. They see the value. They claim it and they own it. We have to collectively as in no we have to as an individual stop placing blame and saying they used to do they did okay I know that let it go because at some point if you don't let it go you're gonna miss that blessing right I need you to come to the table and I'm gonna come with you right so I think we need to empower and keep feeding into and saying it's okay I know you I know you hurting I know you feel like this ain't gonna be heard again But let's just walk this out one more time. Just walk this out with me. And then when they do that, everybody need to make sure that door is open. Because if I get this person to walk through, I'm going to need you not to shut them down.
6: (laughs) on, (laughs) On the Near East Side, it is, I think, a very organized side of town as far as the corporate assets or mortar and brick assets. However, I think that for all the organizing that they have been involved in since the 70s, when I went back through the archives, there were never any people that looked like me. And that's what I, when I became involved, I brought that up. How do you do all this on this side of town and never include people that look like me because we're over here? To me... I'm indebted to CICF for being a positive way to open the dialogue. It seems to me on the things that I'm involved with, there's going to be no more kicking the can down the road, we'll talk about it at next month's meeting, or we'll talk about it at the quarterly meeting. No, we need to talk about it now, and we're not going to move on. So when I am asked, well, do you know any more people, you know, quote-unquote black people that can come to the table. My question to you is why you don't. Because you're asking me, like I know everybody that's of color, and why in your circle you don't have anybody that you can mentor or that you can support or that you can ask to come and be a voice to um, make awareness in our neighborhood and make our neighborhood better. So I'm indebted to CICF that now people are listening. Now it's important. Now you're, hmm, it's more than just a thought. We really might need to act on this. I'm almost speechless, which really doesn't happen very often. But
1: So, Valerie, everything that you said is very profound truth. Um, we do have to challenge institutions and people, specifically white people, to figure out how they can also build the relationships and not rely on those who have been marginalized, oppressed, left out to do the work that they have to ultimately do.
2: Wow, Stout, what do you, what you want to say about our neighborhood, because I'm curious.
0: Particularly in our community, like uh, I love the fact that everybody takes agency um, and, and goes out and does things for themselves. We have an incredible underground economy, uh, Harding Street. That we have a lot of entrepreneurs and businesses there that fly under the radar. They don't have a, a storefront or all this other stuff. And I think the challenge um, I see is that that they're, they're still um, not really being listened to. Um, they're not being looked at by a lot of the people that are are doing initiatives around entrepreneurship or 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 the different plans out there. You know, we've got all, um, a great underground economy. Well, how do we, how do we uh, give them the support to get that mainstream economy so that, they, you know, they can make uh, more of a living wage and be more sustainable and build a culture right there uh, in our community? You know, we have so much history and, and um, multiculturalism in our, in our community that I think we, we just have to, it ha- has to be uh, cultivated. And that, that's the part of the act of listening.
1: That's what we're here to do is cultivate the relationships and that understanding. We're trying to figure out, through you all, we've come to know some of that underground economy. And then how do we, uh, you know, we have many vendors. We we do, um, you know, we cater. We, we are supporting the economy. And so how is it that we can come to know who those entrepreneurs are and how can we support them? That's a good example of someplace that we are, Stepping into more so from a relationship level, but then over time, it does become how do we actually support uh, small business entrepreneurship with people who have been doing it for a long time and have not gotten recognized? How do we use our influence to elevate that uh, more so that our partners will also um, do some of the same? So thank you for for bringing that up, Wildstyle.
0: Thank
3: you. Annie, well, I'm just busting at the seams to talk about the Far East Side. Um, When you speak of assets, truly, we saw the assets at the Far East Side First Annual Festival. It was amazing, and the planning started around seven months ago, and and the planning team included residents and public allies. Present at the festival, it, there were um, six hundred, over 600 people in attendance. There were about 60 volunteers. They had uh, 65 vendors that were there providing resources and information uh, to resources. There was a kid zone with face painting. The Indianapolis Fire Department was there. You had entertainment, dancing on the stage, a DJ, and just families, Mm -hmm. you know, visiting the booths, not just coming and just walking, but actually visiting. We had entrepreneurs there. It was, it was just supported primarily uh, from a variety of in-kind donors and CICF and the Finish Line Foundation, which is, uh, you know, a business on the Far East Side. I saw kind of assets mm-hmm. there just in the planning and organizing of that. Mm-hmm. And just, it was so amazing. There are a lot of good things that are happening as a result of that. Uh, not as a result of that, but because that happened. There's, uh, there was an artist there. Uh, Demetrius, and I believe his last name is Green, mm-hmm. but he was there um, getting feedback from residents about art design that he's getting ready to do. Uh, actually, it's July 18th, wow. so uh, I'm, I'm just excited. You know, there are challenges still, uh, challenges of you know getting more and more people together to be a part of it because... What I've seen grow more is there's not so much isolation. You know, people are coming together, and uh, that's making a huge difference on the Far East side. Mm-hmm.
1: That's exciting. Just listening to you, talk about it excites me. You know I, I think that um, I spend I do spend um, a great deal of time on the Far East side. Um, and I've come to know it better than I have ever in the past. So the work that you're doing is awesome. Thank you for your leadership.
2: I want to respond to the challenges stuff. I, I just I could give more examples and we can all give more examples. And I think I'm glad we have this platform to do that because it's not done enough. We need to shift the culture of of where we see agency. And that takes time, right? It takes some money too, because we should be paying people who do this naturally. CICF is an example of paying neighbors for what they already do, not paying them, but saying here's an incentive, we see you. So what can we do to buy more time? This country was made on discovery, not deliverables. Nobody knew what was in this land until they had to go out and do it, right? Those are innovators. So I think CICF has bought us some time
1: I just have one last question for you uh, before we go. You've kind of already talked about it to a certain degree, but if you were to really truly sum it up, um, why do you? Why are you a CICF ambassador? Why do you do this?
0: I know I do it because I really do want to um, help uh, shed light on my my community and the people that are doing great things. I want um, this to be a, a better. City and a better neighborhood for them um, and their kids, and you know, for people to prosper.
1: Awesome, thank you, Wildstyle.
3: Annie? I know that uh, I've always been doing it. I think uh, now I'm just more intentional about what I do and how I do it. And I've always been one uh, right in uh, the heart of the community. Uh, It's just natural, and I'm passionate about it. What makes it even more valuable to me is I have a platform that's supporting it.
6: Valerie. I think I do this because I've always been involved in the community, but when I went to a neighborhood summit and we talked about the quality of life plan and I brought up a resolution that maybe we could have lunch or dinners and just interact with each other and learn our neighbors and your, pe- your people that live beside you that don't look like you, it was voted down. They didn't want to do that. And it hurt me to my core. But I have to do this because if not me, then who? Half the point of it is having the dialogue. You may not agree with me, but I need you to listen, that it does affect me. And this is what I'm concerned about. This is what Um, is on my heart and I need you to know that this affects a lot of people so I'm deeply indebted to CICF to put the ambassador behind my name when I go to these meetings and organizations it's huge they're listening they should have always been listening and we can't say why they didn't listen but now they are so I thank you
1: (laughs) Valerie Keeper Real Davis DMI
2: I think there are a few reasons I do it. One, most of all, is friendship. So I value the friendship with Brian. And I know for like 10 years we've pushed each other about conversations. And I think honoring that, um, I'm willing to follow somebody like that. I'm also, when I say friendship, I mean with all of the ambassadors here have become people that I really admire um, because they're authentic. The other is my neighbors are affected by decisions that institutions make all day. And even though they're the masters, because of civic life, they don't feel it. They have power. We don't need to empower them. They have power. And the third is I want to go to more parties. where places that people experience joy. And I want people at CICF who don't experience joy to come experience parties in my neighborhood that bring out joy.
1: We can't pay you for what you do to make this uh, better for CICF, what you're doing to make it better for your neighborhoods, uh, what you're doing to make it better for this community. We need to honor relationships. We need to honor voices. We need to quit doing things that are about having different uh, colors and races of people at the table, but yet they're not listened to. You all are making a difference in that. CICF continues to be committed to making a difference right alongside you, as well as with anyone else who wants to get into this journey with us. So I'm just gonna end with saying it's been a great joy. I talk to you all all the time, but every time I'm around you, uh, it totally changes uh, the way I walk away from you each time.
0: For more information about the topics discussed today, visit CICF.org. For Good is brought to you by Central Indiana Community Foundation in partnership with WFYI Public Media. We hope you'll subscribe to For Good on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, don't forget to leave us a review.